Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, Drizellians and Dugs, welcome to the Outer Rim Beacon. You have just now tuned in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got you covered in for everything in that galaxy far, far away from laser swords to uh, E-Web repeating blasters. We've got it all here on, on the Outer Rim Beacon. I'm Justin. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me today, as always, are my friends and co-hosts. This is Josh. Uh, do you guys want to hear my Caleb Doom impression? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Caleb Dune. <laughs> Freddie Prince <laughs> is going to come for you. No, I don't uh, just mess around. This is Kyle, and I resent that whole that whole little bit that Josh just tried to pull off. Yeah, I wasn't actually toasting Freddie's nuts. I was trying to toast Kyle's. So, well, I don't like it either way. <laughs> uh, and this is Maggie. I'll offer a little. Um, Salt for that that roast that just happened. Uh, I'm feeling awfully chuffed about the fact that Ray's lightsaber at Batu is just called Ray's lightsaber. Well, everybody else's last name is right there. You you would prefer Ray Skywalker I, lightsaber? No, I would not. That's why I'm very Ray, very Ray happy Palpatine. that it just oh, okay. says Ray. You know, I I read something that somebody in Batu West when they put it out, they used the Ray reforged lightsaber label for it because they didn't even have the label for the new one yet uh, when they put it out so but yeah in case you missed it ray's lightsaber from end of the rise of skywalker is now available at batu both east and west when it's in stock it is um it's out interesting of stock. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's currently out of stock it could be in stock in an hour i don't know they kind of come and go they it's 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 interesting. A lot of people have some mixed reviews on it. There, I mean, it looks nice. Um, it's grayer, I think, in tone than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. I think some thought it would be like a blackish, dark, dark gray color, dark brown almost from the yeah little three tenths of a second shot we got in the end of the movie. Yeah, there's you know, and and when you go to turn it on, it doesn't have the rotating. Uh, switch for it it has a normal like slidey switch i think actually under the leather hand grips yeah and then label that it was getting a little roasted for too like like a sticker (laughs) like an on off label yeah yeah and it's well in the top like the top part you know how she's got the little like spikes kind of around the top where the the dirt out of the emitter you can lift the they close and open but you have to lift everyone individually with your finger when you go to put the blade in and then when you take the blade out you got to close them individually and everybody's kind of like really disney we couldn't make a switch that opens and closes it for you but be connected by gears and all go together yeah. at least. Jeez. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they'll get a second version out. Um it's just I think a lot of people have wanted it for a long time and it's a decent price at I think one thirty nine. I think that's what the price is for it. So yeah, so if you're in. that's a decent price for a <laughs> for a memento to take home from Disney World. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh 
Well, compared to some of those custom ones that you see people do that are like four to five hundred dollars for lightsabers, whoo, making bank on those. Um, but they're they're really really cool. I I'm excited to see the real lightsaber that Disney produces though Man, for the Star Cruiser. That thing. Yeah, really intrigued by that. Really intrigued. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's interesting. She's very on that though. One million dollars. Million dollars. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works. I'm sure somebody will replicate it as soon as they figure out what's going on oh, with yeah, it. So. For sure. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody. If you are new to the show, we welcome you here with open arms. We love your Star Wars opinions, no matter what they are, new stuff, old stuff. We love it all. Uh, if you've listened to the show for a long period of time, thanks for coming back. We love having you guys here. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed the content that we've delivered for what, 80, 90 some plus episodes now. We've been going for a little while. Just rebranded though. We are now the Outer Rim Beacon. We've done some live streams. We've done what one show I think so far as the rebrand. And then we've got, we've got some new stuff coming out in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Join us. So it's uh, exciting times at 8 PM for our bad batch recap shows. Oh yes. They are a lot of fun. I will not be on this Friday's live stream, but uh, I trust it's in good hands. Yeah. I am departing for Batu East. Because there's an east and a west. <laughs> gotta rub it in. I'm keeping track. Yep. If you do it more than three times, we're gonna mute you. That was one. Oh man. Ah oh, man. Well, tonight we are gonna dive into Bad Batch. We covered it in those live streams just kind of at a high level, but tonight we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes of the Bad Batch, the first episode here, which was t- entitled Aftermath, which was titled Aftermath. Uh it was how what was the runtime on that one? It was 70 minutes. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, 74. Yeah. 74 minutes on an opening for Star Wars, Clone Wars, Bad Batch. It was awesome. Yeah. It was impressive. I think um, they've done that with most of the animated series. You know, Clone Wars was introduced with the movie and then um, uh, Rebels had its its double feature premiere as well. And now yeah. Bad Batch got a nice hour plus long premiere plus yeah. another another episode two days later. And it was a tension-filled episode. I mean, I was like, you get a lot with it. Not a not a ton of combat stuff, but you do get a fair amount of action. You get a fair amount of character development, and you are on the edge of your seat for that whole episode for the for the seventy some odd minutes of what's going to happen here because we are jumping in right at the fall, uh, the turn Order sixty six. Um, we are jumping in right at the turn in the start of Order sixty six and the fall of the Jedi. So, I am going to turn it over here to Kyle, who is our our, our Clone Wars aficionado, if you will. He is. Uh, I, I yeah. We're not gonna. It's not the resident expert anymore. It's the aficionado. <laughs> I, I <don't, laughs> it sounds I feel classier. Like an upgrade or at least like a, I know a right polish on it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, All right, well, let's get some details. Yeah, let's do... So, the first episode of the new series, the new animated series, the first new one in quite some time, The Bad Batch Aftermath, like you said. Um, This was the first one, and we're going to go through some of these like uh, production details like we did with uh, Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you listen to any of those shows, you'll recognize a lot of these names. Uh, The directors of this first episode were Stuart Lee. He did... 24 different episodes of the clone wars, 15 episodes of rebels, 
uh, Trials of the Dark Saber, World Between Worlds, two of my favorite episodes, and he did both mm-hmm. of those. Um, Saul Ruiz, who directed four episodes of Clone Wars and 12 episodes of Rebels. He did Here's a Mandalorian Jedi Knight, also great episodes. Actually, I mean, there's not a ton of stinkers in Rebels, in my opinion, but those are definitely high points. And then Nathaniel Villanueva, who was a storyboard artist on Rebels and Resistance, and he did four different um, episodes in Season 7 of The Clone Wars. We mentioned him a lot when that was going on. Straight up pros working yeah, on this. Yeah, for sure. They're bringing out the heavy hitters right out of the gate, which mm-hmm. was a long episode. So I, I don't know. We, we discussed this before. I don't know exactly how the multiple directors works, especially with animation. Like they're obviously, they're probably not having like two different crews going, but um, I'd be curious to find out how that really works. The, the writers were Jennifer Corbett, who was on three episodes of resistance. I couldn't find a ton else on her and Dave Filoni, who um, I will not insult anybody <laughs> by explaining who he, I wrote down that he's done who, 85% who of the good star Wars since 2007. That's all. Dave I who? Him, so. who? I was going to say, don't skip your little <laughs> note here. Cause it's golden. <laughs> he did a lot of stuff and it listed guest stars, which there was, in my opinion, there was some guest stars in episode two. They didn't really get the credits, but uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who you may or may not know as Kanan Jarrus, a.k.a. Caleb Doom, from Star Wars Rebels and comic book. And 90s heartthrob. And he's, he's actually... What's that? <laughs> She's all that. She's all that. Yeah. She's all that. It's a classic. And he's actually married in real life to an Inquisitor. You can look it up. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Josh found it very very important to include he told me twice that he was on the writing team for wwe smackdown in 2008 2009 which i actually didn't know i did know he's a wrestling fan because i'm a freddie prince jr fan but i didn't know he was on that writing staff. that's pretty yep. cool um and then also we had archie punjabi as master depa balaba who also played her in the live action movies which i didn't really know but there you go that's pretty cool so we got the same same person playing it in live action and animated. Yep. It's always and I, a good thing. I think she voiced her in, did she have a line in the last time we saw her in, in season seven? Maybe. I can't remember. Um, e, oh, when they were on the hologram, yeah, the, the holotable thing. thing. Yeah. I think so. I felt like she had yeah. another credit. I, I didn't write it down, obviously, so I, I'm not for sure. But um, So that's all I've got on that. We will uh, dive into the episode unless you guys have anything else. No, I think that's that's awesome. Let's get to, yeah, there was a lot to unpack. Well, it opened with, <laughs> and I thought this was really cool because it's kind of a running joke that this is Clone Wars season eight, but they opened with a Clone Wars logo. They also changed the little Disney intro with all the helmets a little bit. The helmets are different. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a Bo-Katan style Night Owl helmet in there, um, but it opens a couple with different clones the, in there. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look when that was playing because I had seen it so many times already. And now I'm like, damn it, I missed that. It's a little different. I didn't like, I didn't pay close enough attention to see what they all are, but I know like Kylo Ren's is not in there and there's some, definitely some different ones. Somebody smarter than me. It was a nice touch. I'll figure it out. But they, they went from the Clone Wars logo that burned away and revealed the Bad Batch logo, which is aesthetically very similar, but um, cool. obviously different, which mm-hmm. I thought was a, a cool, like, especially for the Clone Wars being so loved and being revived 
basically three times now by by the huge fans is um the huge number of fans i think that was awesome of them to do mm-hmm. uh and then it, we got the tom kane intro which especially was his awesome. health problems like that was so great if you're a clone wars fan to hear that he recapped season seven as if anybody watching this didn't watch that i mean maybe somebody didn't but um season seven of what really really great what is what was that show called (laughs) there's this other bad batch spinoff series this bad batch prequel it's called the clone wars oh right i think they mentioned that in the original trilogy something about fighting the clone wars throwaway line yeah Yeah, it was in there yeah dark times yeah um so I, i loved that and there there was these great um Shots of Obi Wan slicing through droids, rescuing um, Palpatine, which I saw a side by side from Revenge of the mm-hmm. Sith. Which it, I mean, it was beautiful. They were beautiful. spot on timing, yeah. exactly the same, but in this uh, Bad Batch Clone Wars style animation, which is I didn't think season seven could really get any better aesthetically, and I still I think like maybe this still is is a step up. When, especially I think about that shot at the very end of this episode, not to put the card ahead of the bowl, but where they're jumping to hyperspace for the first time and you see it in Omega's eyes. That's uh, like animation like that is really, really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. But anyway, that, that burns away and they do this intro and we get through, like I said, they're recapping those last arcs of season seven and we jump right into um master depa balaba like we were talking about she's fighting off the separatists with the clones and um in comes canon jarris like uh josh can you do the impersonation of caleb <laughs> doom for us one more time oh, there you go. oh hey guys this is caleb dune I think that's not that close, but he, I don't, did everybody Really? I thought like, it was spot on. Did everybody <laughs> no. feel like his voice was really that deep? Did he sound like a? old I didn't, no. I, I didn't. So I heard, so I heard it and I thought, that's a little deep. And then I, but I immediately recognized that it was a little deep because they had Freddie do it. And I was like, oh no, I would rather Freddie do it. And it's a little deep than somebody else. So. How, I, how old is he supposed take. to be here? Probably. Like, how old is he in the, is he like 15, 16? Cause I would say I'm like even a little younger than that, like 12 or 13, okay. but I, I'm, I'm just, just guessing puberty right? early. Yeah. That's all right. And like, I, I thought when I first heard it, he sounded like they pitched him up a little bit. Like they did some yeah. post-production on it to try to make his voice a little bit higher yeah, um, without making did. it sound silly. Yeah. Uh, I think they is, did, which but is still... like a fine line. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you that. Okay. Maybe it's a little deep, but I don't think it deserves there were some harsh critics on that, which I mean, easy there to were, say, but people were harsh on the, on the internets. I, I tell you what though, they were, they were going after Freddie and he was dishing it right back. I think he, it I think was to some funny degree to he enjoys see. it. I think he probably gets tired of it, but he definitely doesn't, doesn't mind uh, clapping back as the youths say. He has some really good takes on star Wars though, in general that are just fun to listen to and get his interpretation of things. So, um, well, we've talked about it a million times. Anytime mm-hmm. the the people involved in the production are, you can tell, are legitimate fans, it it's definitely appreciated. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. But he comes he comes sliding down the hill. Um, they're obviously looking for reinforcements, and he was supposed to be bringing them to their location. And and they're where are they? Where are they? How many are coming? He says five. 
And of course, it is the titular <laughs> Bad Batch following the um, you know Temple of Doom boulder down the hill that I'm assuming Wrecker like shoved down at the, all the droids, and they come in doing their thing. And I know Maggie mentioned this off screen, but the music is so good. It's incredible. The mm-hmm. the Bad Batch theme, I think, is it's different and it's fun and it's like upbeat especially by clone Wars standards it's not like quite as different and funky as like the mandalorian stuff mm-hmm. but I, I i think it is also different than most of the other clone wars themes that you get and it's really fitting to this group of people now didn't they do the same maneuver in season seven of the clone wars when they were the the villagers that were there they were like in a big crater and they definitely when, did a push a boulder situation. Yes, when the when yeah. the droids came in and went down in the crater, they pushed all the boulders in and basically put them in like a kill box yeah. down in the village they've and pushed the boulder in. They, so they've called yeah. out oh, yeah. plays before. Yep. Old faithful. Uh, just before we get too far away, I did a little uh, date research, and uh, Caleb was fourteen at the time. Fourteen? Okay, yeah. he's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so he I could, was, you could I was be shaving when I was fourteen. Yeah, yeah. He could be one of those kids yeah. that's like. Hey guys, I'm Caleb Doom. There you go. <laughs> We're in the I like that impression better. <laughs> uh, and um, so they come down and they they rescue everybody while while Master Balaba and and Clone Captain Gray are kind of just watching the spectacle. Wrecker pushes a, a a tank off the side of a cliff that that Crosshair had linked together with some magic shooting magnet wires i don't know what they were but they were Mm -hmm. awesome it was very impressive feat of strength which was interesting here too because it was commander sorry it was commander gray in the comic Mm -hmm. but it's captain gray in the show yeah and the the coloring on his armor was a little different there there were some differences between this because if you didn't know that this happened in the comics already but and there were some differences and that was one that has definitely been pointed out I just wanted to say that it would that it was at this point that I stopped my video and and uh, started frantically typing into Big Bad Toy Store to buy the the Black Series that I hadn't already bought. So <laughs> it was, like these guys are awesome. It, it worked exactly as what they was predicted. I thinking, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was some great stuff in there showing that bond between master Balaba and Caleb. And they're really, for those of us who are in the know, which star Wars is, especially the animated shows, I think does a really good job of it's accessible, but it also, if you really know what's going on, um, they kind of pull at your heartstrings and, and give you little nuggets and Easter eggs and things like that. And, and they're really showing mm-hmm. how, how much master Balaba trusts Caleb. She, she says, my Padawan will be here and, and have faith in him and all these things. And, and, and we know, of course, that this um, is not going to end well for them. And they're setting us up for, for heartbreak again in Order 66, which is about to happen. And this is now like, I think, the fifth, fourth time we've seen it on screen in the movie in season seven in Jedi fallen order. And now in the bad batch and it's been mentioned and people have had visions and things like a million other times, but 
Um, do, is there ever going to be a time where like enough is enough with Order sixty six? Are you ever going to get tired, or is it still like heartbreaking and uh, interesting to see from another perspective every time? It hits me hard every time, and I I love hating, yeah. so I'm not tired yeah. of it yet. That was the second Mm-mm. fourth May fourth that we had to endure. Oof. This is pain and heartache it's a really bad yeah, tradition tough, can we break that that's a tough tradition yeah that's rough, yeah. <laughs> that is rough. something a little more lighthearted next may 4th please please they Lucasfilm. all come everybody <laughs> that died in order 66 comes back to life next year on oh there you go they all crawl through the world between worlds or something i don't know that's how it works is that a scoop but yeah that's a scoop you heard it here first okay. in 300 and 50 days or something however long long it is um where we oh yeah so order 66 it's rough we see caleb run Mm -hmm. back and he he wants to help and she of course tells him to run and this is something that that uh kanan was dealing with a lot in rebels and and I love that they added to his struggle here because you can you can really see like we were saying the animation is so good you can see the torment in his face where she's telling him to go and he knows that he can't really save her but he wants to try and and he ends up leaving and saving himself which we know ultimately in a way saves the rebellion down the road you could say Mm -hmm. um but that was hard for him and that's something that he deal dealt with um for the rest of his life uh and here we saw it you know whatever eight minutes into the first episode of this show and they already gave us the clone wars intro and the the tom kane intro that we know and love from clone wars and now they're they're giving us these emotional ties to these rebel characters and that whole storyline and i think if you're a fan of lucasfilm star wars animation and you were even a little bit on the fence about this show you're probably hooked at this point Mm-hmm. Um, so Caleb's uh, on the run and uh, he now doesn't trust the clones which I'm sure is a big shock to him and we're seeing that the Order 66 hasn't really affected the Bad Batch in the same way Hunter's trying to um, kind of talk to Caleb and and uh reason with them and tell them that they want to figure out what's going on wrecker and tech are both asking what is order 66 so we know that they're they didn't get the message their um inhibitor chips were not triggered by this and um it automatically has set them at odds with the other clones so they're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what's going on um caleb's on the run trying to get to safety and hunter and crosshair are trying to chase him down and and talk to him and figure out what what's happening uh and then we get to this point where hunter is trying to talk him down and and de-escalate the situation and crosshair takes a shot at him and we we figure out that this is going to be kind of the um the point of contention the conflict for this this first episode is that crosshair wants to follow this order and hunter um recognizes that why would we turn on the jedi this doesn't make any sense 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to follow this order blindly without some it's kind conflicted. of reasoning. You know, yeah, yeah. he's going to he's going to make um which which is really interesting cuz this is a this is an a a point of contention for the clones throughout the whole series, but he's exercising his free will to to make the decision to do the right thing, which, you know, he's clearly going to be one of the main protagonists and we're setting him up to be the good guy. That's not shocking, but I think it is interesting mm-hmm. to see the clones um, choosing to do what they think is best. Um, and we hear um, Crosshair say, good soldiers follow orders. And if you're a Clone Wars fan, you remember. Chills. That's, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I know. That was such a great line because I, yeah. Star Wars is great for reusing a line too. And, like poetry. and just as, as a callback. Oh, it rhymes. I love it when people say that, and they so rarely do. Um, <laughs> uh, and that that's what Tup, CT5385, said when his um, his inhibitor chip malfunctioned. That's in the biochip conspiracy arc of Clone Wars. That's season six, episodes one through four. Um, so he kills Master Tipley. Tiplar, Tiply, one of the twins. He killed. Yeah. Oh, he killed Master Tiplar. I wrote it down. I should have just looked at my notes. Um, <laughs> so his inhibitor chip was triggered early, and he killed Master Tiplar, um, and that triggered a chain of events where Rex figured out what was going on with these inhibitor chips, and he, um, and that came to a head in season seven. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. That's all back there. But I, I thought the use of that specific line, "Good soldiers follow orders," and he says it again later in the episode was just—it was really perfect. It, like it, it yeah. told you exactly what you needed to know, because not only does he want to follow this order, but it's not only because he's just being a good soldier. It's it's because this chip is programming him, at least on some level, to want to do that. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how order 66 impacted all four of them differently because clearly, I mean, they all get it basically the same way, but Hunter has, or excuse me, Wrecker has no idea what it is. Hunter, I think barely scratches the surface of what it is. Tech knows exactly what it is, but his logical way of his logical approach to things tells him no no yeah yeah like he says no this is wrong something's amiss and then you've got crosshair who is i think to a certain point very analytical like tech but more of the soldier complete my orders type enhancement clone right like that's what makes him such a good shot and it it triggers and they just respond all four of them respond in a very different way which was was interesting to see because they're all enhanced in a very different way he's definitely the least cuddly of the you know he's the least like <laughs> he's very cold yes. even pre he's a prickly uh, porcupine even before the order 66 yeah. yeah yeah yep oh yeah um but there was you know there there's some debate between the the regs and and the bad batch about what's going on and and this gives him a chance for text tech to give that exposition about order 66 as if you know you didn't already know but just in case um and and then the other two they're chasing down caleb and 
Crosshair shoots him out of a tree where he's trying to hide, even though Hunter was trying to talk him down. I, I can help you come with us. Um, which I felt like, especially in hindsight, we're setting up. He's like this protector, especially of young people, uh, which mm. is clearly going to be his role in large part. It seems like moving forward. Um, he's establishing himself as this um, series space daddy. Yes. We've had space one in daddy. every new series yep. so far, <laughs> and this he's the one for this. Star Wars is for the space daddies. <laughs> It's the it's <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. It's all she wants to see is space daddies. I think that's been her one directive. So <laughs> not upset to Dave Filoni. And Kathleen Kennedy, we trust because same girl, same. <laughs> um. So Crosshair gets thrown into a, a tree trunk by the young Jedi and knocked out, and and Hunter's trying to talk to him, but he of course doesn't trust him, and he jumps over this giant ravine waterfall situation and runs off and then crosshair comes up and hunter lies to him and said that he stunned him when he was jumping over and he fell down and he died um mm-hmm. which obviously was not true and he knows he's lying to him yeah he never like he knew he knew off the bat he he wasn't going to argue it but he definitely yeah. he definitely was not he was not buying it no well because um, in later on he makes that comment about Usually when someone falls off a cliff, you look down, but you were looking mm-hmm. across. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. He knew it. Um, so from there they cut and they're up in the Havoc Marauder. They left Collar, which was the planet they were on. Uh, that's from the Kanan comics, and it was mentioned in a Clone Wars episode. Um so they're in their Havoc Marauder, which is the name of the ship they fly around in. That's an Omic- Omicron-class attack shuttle, which uh, is unique among the Republic starships, so it's it's unrecognizable. That's why the other troopers don't really know exactly what it is when they're inspecting it later. In, well, that's actually in the next episode. Um, and that's how they can kind of do their covert missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I think we mentioned that in their arc in Season 7, but... It's still true. Um, and this is funny. Uh, Josh mentioned this Love on the live this. show, but we were talking about like, well, how does time work? It depends on how far away the planet is and how fast it rotates and <laughs> da, 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 all the, you know, when you go planet to planet, but they have this little conversation when they're returning to Camino records like, Oh, we've been gone for so long. How long has it been? And tech says, well, it's been 180 rotations in a standard cycle, but galactic zone changes put the adjusted figure at around 205. So, apparently, <laughs> galactic zone changes have an adjusted figure to, like, uh, I don't know, I guess calculate something when you've been if traveling I, around to all different planets. The space not daylight explained. savings. Yeah. <laughs> yes, time zones, and there's right. some kind of, there's an algorithm, but yes, there's a way to figure it out. I don't know. And apparently yeah. it doesn't change it too terribly much. 25 yeah. days, but they're gone for a long time. And, um, that that's when they have that conversation that Justin was talking about where, where crosshair says, uh, usually when, when someone dies, you look down, not across because yeah. Hunter was watching where, where Pat, the Padawan ran off, not down where he said he had fallen. 
and and Hunter says some of us don't like to watch, you know, which again sets them up as <laughs> yep. adversaries and Crosshair is kind of this cold killer and and Hunter is more of like the the warm-hearted softy with the half face skull tattoo. Don't be a cold prickly. Be a warm fuzzy. Uh, yes. (laughs) Third grade, make friend lesson. Um, and they're asked for clearance codes as they're pulling up to Camino, which the protocols have changed. Things are already looking different after order 66, even though it was presumably just a few hours ago or is at most a day, I guess. Um, tech was surprised by it. I think he was like, why are they asking for codes? They should be expecting us coming in or like, know what our ship. So he was caught off guard. They're already tracking everything and questioning Mm -hmm. everything. And the, the protocol changing is I like, like I said on the live stream, I love seeing this, like, um, all these little things that show us the transition between the Republic to the empire and the, the power grab all of this i just like it's always just like little things but Mm -hmm. it's still it's just so interesting to me i love the world building aspect of it i agree because there there would have been so many like broad sweeping changes and also small subtle changes like in a situation like that um you know and, and so they're coming in confused things have changed there's shock troopers walking all all over the place. And so they ask them and they, and they're explaining to them that the, the war has ended. Um, and they, they give them the propaganda response that the, the Jedi are, um, traitors and that that's why they were ordered to kill them. And that's when you get this like hugely um talked about scene online where everybody wonders who this jedi is that's coming out on the stretcher under the Mm -hmm. under the sheet and then uh, a limp hand and and lightsaber just fall out from under and uh it falls out on the ground nobody seems to be able to identify them i couldn't figure out who it was and i tried Mm -mm. um but it was that was tough man that was like that was a rough thing to see in like a Mm -hmm. this is for a kid's show um, there was um, speculation. I've seen, at least online, I've seen speculation that it was like Luminara She when she left. But there was some line that she was going back to Coruscant to help Anakin and and Obi-Wan with the Chancellor when he was being at, ca- captured by Grievous. But then after Order 66, somebody thought, well, maybe she went back to Kamino. I don't think that's the case. And the lightsaber didn't match hers. So... I, I think it's just unnamed Luminar. Jedi. Yeah, I, I think so too. It, it's yeah. just a Jedi. It's probably no one we've ever seen before. But mm-hmm. uh, and but Luminara, what the one other point was, uh, her body was kept by the Empire because we saw that's what they used as bait for Kanan in in Rebels. Um, mm-hmm. He thought he felt Master Luminara, but it was it was just her body. She was already dead. Um, yep. So at some point they did get her. Um, yes. Where were we? So yeah, the shock troopers are explaining that the war is over and these guys are still trying to process this whole thing. And they head back to their uh, barracks where uh, clearly it doesn't smell very good mess. per echo. <laughs> um, it's like a college dorm yeah, room. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. You have five grown dudes with their sweaty 
armor that if they only have one outfit <laughs> tossed in there. It probably smells And they're funky. Lulas. I get that. Yeah, and they're Lulas. And they're it Lulas. Smells funky. Um, uh, this, this is where uh, Tech explains why Echo didn't um, didn't execute Order 66, uh, which I thought was something I was curious about too. And they, they just kind of threw it away because of the damage he sustained on Skako Minor. That was the first Bad Batch arc, which was in season seven of the Clone Wars. Um, and, and he said, you're more machine than man. Again, we get another like Love uh, that. Star Wars line uh, yes. percentage wise, which he threw on his like nerdy tech thing at the end. You're more machine than man, you know, like Obi-Wan, but <laughs> percentage wise. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not, not like, not like that's less insulting. Right. Uh, right. Right. Uh, and then they go, which, and that, I thought this was really cool. They go outside to see the Palpatine speech that he gave, uh, after he shoves Mace Windu out the window and where he's scarred and deformed. The you know? attempt um, on my life has left me scarred and deformed. Yeah. That one. That's the one. It. That was pretty good. I'll give you a, Thank a you. solid seven out of 10 at least. I'm, I'm not a bad Palpatine. Warm up. <laughs> Um, better than Josh's Kanan (laughs) maybe (laughs) we'll see I'll work on it we'll have to give you guys some warm up time give a couple like Mm -hmm. legit lines to walk talk through we can have a we can have a competition (laughs) I like it I'm into this but uh, that um, Wrecker had a funny like throwaway line too uh, when when he said that exact part where he's been scarred and deformed he's like no kidding or something like that <laughs> uh, oh you can say that again yeah um and, and then i thought this was really really good too um palpatine says he has reorganized the into the new galactic empire mm-hmm. uh and all the clones start cheering and, and they're immediately supporting it which is like any rational person at face value can see like, Oh, this one guy who's been in power for too long, who just (laughs) killed the protectors of the galaxy now says he's going to rule everybody by himself. Like that's obviously not a good idea, but they're all cheering it. And, and tech says, do you, do you still believe, uh, uh, still don't think the regs are programmed, uh, because they had Mm -hmm. this whole discussion about them being programmed because of, of course, why would you buy into this like galactic wide fascist regime unless you were legitimately like specifically programmed to, um, which I don't, I don't know if that's actually in the order 66 or inhibitor chip programming, but I'd like to think that it is. Which I, th- I think in the second episode, right. And I'm, I'm jumping ahead just a hair. In the second episode, there were like people getting on the transport ship and they were talking about it and they were like, what's going on? And one guy was like, apparently the Jedi turned on the chancellor or something like that. And they did drop a line. Yeah. And and it's, you know, regardless of whether clones, we know the clones were programmed, but the way that Palpatine spun it and made it look was like, dude, these guys the Jedi are in the wrong. They tried to take over. Look what happened to me. And common people were like, dude, that sucks. Like apparently the Jedi went way the other way and tried to use their special powers and kill the chancellor. Like that's not cool. So he, he was, 
Never. Right, Never. right. Government's not going to lie to us. Like, what the hell? Yeah, like, it was a total sell job by yeah, Palpatine, and it worked, and people were buying in. And it, it just goes to show you how people like Saul Guerrero come to be. Like, he's legitimately mm-hmm. the crazy conspiracy theory guy that probably everybody said, like... <laughs> Oh, that's See? ridiculous. See what happened? You're way too extreme. <laughs> they would never like Josh that the government would never lie to us. Like, but, but he yep. was right the whole time. And he's like, uh, yeah, the Jedi just tried to kill him, even though he wasn't doing anything wrong. That doesn't really make any sense. And now we're an empire. Yeah. That, I mean, we're going to get to this here in a minute, but like there were, I, I'm glad they showed the other side too, that there's people out mm-hmm. there that were like, wait a minute, this yeah. isn't good. No, because save the rebellion. It's save yeah, the dream. God, love Sagarera, and I love that. Like he just keeps getting play. Like you, he'll, he'll show mm-hmm. up anywhere. Sagarera yeah. is going to be there. Uh, and Saw is my favorite. Yet. I love Saw. Oh, me too, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. He and he he's right. Like as much as you don't want him to be right, I want him to be right. He is right. Stuff. He is the best. Well, you know, maybe, what, you know, and I love. I love seeing where he is at now, right? Because think back when when we first saw Saw, mm-hmm. Saw Saw, um, right? He was struggling to roll the little grenades under the uh, droids, right? The droidicas. He couldn't get it under the shield because he couldn't roll it fast enough. And his sister was excelling and doing really, really well. But then as soon as 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 soon as her death came, all of a sudden it was like a light switch, and he clicked. And now it's a very military you know anti whether it's the republic or the empire person and it totally threw him in a different direction but he was not like that in the beginning i think i think the death of his sister and i can't find it quickly but i have some more more notes on like exactly when that is um oh that season five episode two a war on two fronts um Mm -hmm. but I think the death of his sister definitely refocused Saul Guerrero, but I also think he's more just, he's anti-oppression. I think saying he's anti-establishment is like a little too uh, broad. Um, he mm-hmm. just wants his people to be free. He wants them to be free from the separatists. He wants them to be free from the empire. He wants he wants states' rights. Planets' rights. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Saul makes he makes a lot of good points. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, he he treads a, a thin line between. We're not even to Saul Guerrero yet, but um, yeah, I like Saul too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, we were we were still way back at at the propaganda speech that the clone clones all loved, um, and they they so they head back to their barracks after that. Like, what what is this? This is. Uh, not a great idea. And this is when we get our first appearance of Omega who runs into them in the hallway and introduces herself. She clearly is a fan. I don't know if Omega. she um, is reading the hologram news about the bad batch or whatever, but she's like got these guys baseball cards or something. She's got all their details. Um, she's stalking them. She has their home address. I don't know, but she's a, she's a medical assistant to the Kaminoan doctor, Nalase scientist, 
not Tonway, people. Not, not Tonway. Ton I think Nala a lot of people thought that was Tonway. That is not Tonway. It's Nalase. Not Namaste. Nalase. <laughs> um, she was uh, she was in quite a bit of the Clone Wars, including the biochip conspiracy arc that we talked mm-hmm. about already. Um, she was in nine episodes, and she was voiced by Gwendolyn Yo, who was in. Uh, Desperate Housewives and General Hospital. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. And she's done like Did not a know bunch that. of spots on a million other things, like people in Hollywood. I think like everybody's been on an episode of NCIS or something if you've worked in Hollywood long enough. <laughs> um, and then Omega was Michelle Ang. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, who she's done a bunch of stuff in like Australia and, and Britain, I think. Right. And hmm. underemployed on MTV. Hmm. I just want to take this opportunity to say that I I knew that she would. There was been a lot of speculation about um, the you know what Omega is based on the trailer and stuff. Um, but the moment she started talking and I heard the Kiwi accent, I knew that she was a clone of Django, just because mm-hmm. it, it fits with. You know, Tamara Morrison has that accent because he's from New Zealand. And so now it only makes sense that she would, too. So, yeah, I think I I really like the way she says her own name, too. I think the inflection on it is it's fun. Yeah. It's Omega. I'm Omega. Yes. I love it. Yep. Um. So yeah, there we we they met their little friend in the hallway. They were not immediately impressed. They were looking at her like she was in a a zoo or something like what is this small creature and then that's when we get the imperial shuttle flanked by two v-wings and admiral thicky thicky thick thighs himself (laughs) (laughs) target jodifers oh those are not pants he's got he's got popeye legs tarkin doesn't miss leg day he always does the squats (laughs) he only does leg day i think he only yeah he's like the opposite of those little skinny leg guys on on um, saturday night live from the 90s he's like oh. only only the legs. uh hans and franz yeah no no no, no. <laughs> the guys that just oh, do curls but they were the all girls, upper body skip leg day. oh gotcha gotcha yeah how much you benching what you bench yeah those guys he, <laughs> those guys he actually right. has a sign in his weight room that says every day is leg day on iriadu yeah. Where he's and it, that's and that's how he gets the thick highs, guys. It's very I simple. We, I don't know why we get a, such a controversy. Can um, we get a pin like that or a or a sign <laughs> yeah, that I can hang up in my room? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Every day is leg day. Admiral, Love it. Admiral thick thighs. I like it. A little picture of him like squatting. Like he's <laughs> got like 250 300 right, pounds gonna, on the rack we're gonna have to cut this off the show easy. so no one else steals our idea before we put it out i know right yeah, that's right trademarked um <laughs> we have trademarked thick thighs tarkin thank you um but he's there to meet with kamino and prime minister lama sue not to be confused with nala say um mm. he also was in a couple episodes of the clone wars he was in attack of the clones too Hmm. And Tarkin is explaining to him that the Clone Wars have ended, so he's not so sure that we really need clones anymore, and maybe we're going to just 
stop your contract, even though it's supposed to go on for like a long time. Um, because mm-hmm. that's exactly how the empire is. We're just going to use this opportunity of we're basically calling the same leader a different thing and removing everyone else from power. And also we're going to say now that we're a new thing, all the old rules don't matter anymore. So your here, here come the budget your, cuts, yep, your <laughs> taxes, your, it's all going to change. Um, and then he, he goes into his whole like gross Tarkin thing about like, um, well, it's cheaper if we just use a conscripted service and, um, it's all about the bottom line to him because he's never, and we, we saw this a little bit in the Citadel arc in clone wars, but he just sees these troopers as commodities. They're not, you know, like Ahsoka or Yoda saw them as, and I know that's a joke because Yoda likes slice and dice clones in, but he has a whole arc about the clones are people too. Um, but Tarkin doesn't see them like that. They're commodities and he wants, uh, the cheapest version. And I appreciate that we're establishing that he's making a choice to, Mm -hmm. and not him specifically, but the empire and Tarkin are deciding that we're going to stop using these clones who are really good. They're great shots. They're great warriors. They're good, um, soldiers in general. And we're going to go with, the cheapest version we can get. And then when we see them in the original trilogy, stormtroopers are not strong. They're not good at all. This is just a, a concerted effort by Lucasfilm to make stormtroopers aim being the butt of our jokes for, you know, decades and decades actually part of Canon. So it's not, you know, so we can't laugh at it anymore because it's real. as far as I'm concerned, this conversation like pretty much does it because she, because he's of course, you know, and he's being doing the business thing like, Hey, well you need our clones. They're like the best soldiers in the galaxy. They've been so good for you and they're worth so many more and they're going to be so much better than any recruited body. And he's like, mm, uh, I'm not so sure. Um, it's very expensive. So let's just get poor people to join the army and die mm-hmm. for free. Um, well, and you can get twice as much for the same price when you're enlisting half the quality, if that quarter of the quality. And that's that's basically the whole empire is size and volume, not necessarily oh yeah, they're quality. Playing a, they're playing a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, we just overpower you with sheer volume and you can't compete with it. It doesn't matter that we're throwing bodies left and right into a battle that they have no real great fighting experience. We're still going to overtake you because there's more of us. Yeah. It's a dirty business trying to go up against the empire. Mm -hmm. It's a dirty job, but somebody's going to do it. Um, and, And so he's doing this whole thing to establish that he's there to evaluate the clones and see if they're going to continue using them. But I think the writing on the wall is clearly that they've already decided they're not going to use them. And and he's going to prove that point by any means necessary. Um, And then we cut to the lunchroom where we get Omega saddling up with the bad batch because she clearly wants to be friends and they're clearly like what is this little girl doing and she's just rolling with the punches and this was like to me one of the most confusing things because 
I feel like the Bad Batch Clone Force 99, they're like the Navy SEALs. These guys are the green mm-hmm. berets. So you tell me they roll up to the mess hall and they're like having their lunch and the regular enlisted infantryman is going to walk by and crack wise about like, look at these jokers. Like I, I didn't really get that. But right. So especially so, when you've got like crosshair who can like shoot stuff off of eight walls and still hit you and wrecker who's twice your size mind and you, can just wrecker crush your head an entire transport ship off of commander right, right. the like in the first episode <laughs> of the bad batch arc but it's right so that i like i don't really get it i mean i i know historically people poke fun at people that are different and they're different but i didn't i didn't really get it. it seemed odd to me but they call them the sad batch they make a little fun of them and omega i think she's like this is my moment <laughs> she's so like, cute I'm going to stand up for my boys here. And she throws a space burrito at the back of <laughs> this jerk clone's head. And hey, that's commander. He, uh, that's his name. You. That's his name. Commander jerk. Commander yep. jerk. Uh, C T J R K face. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's clone trooper jerk face. And, he calls her a lab scrubber, which is a derogatory term to a scientist. <laughs> Apparently I didn't know that until I watched <laughs> this episode. And then Wrecker from behind Omega, he's going to stand up for her because he's of course, big softy. I think children like him. We see that in, in episode two as well. Um, he flings a whole tray and you know, the, a food fight ensues. This is only the second cafeteria fight I know about in star Wars animation. In which I, I thought it was fun. Territory. He what he shouts out what I love this kid or I like this kid. Yeah, or something oh, like I that. Like this and kid. I like this kid. Well, that was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, and then well, look, Cal uh, Bradley Baker over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do they need a voice for Olmec on the on the reboot of? Get your audition. Legend of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> yep. Um, and then they. They they kind of all get into this giant food fight, and Crosshair really is the last one. Yeah, he's trying to eat until his meal somebody finally and like, like be above it or whatever because he's too yeah. cool for school because he's a jerk. But he, he and then somebody finally face. hits him, yeah. and then he picks up his tray and just ricochets it like Captain America's yeah, shield he did a off nice of Captain America move with the with the yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And then, and then uh, Echo in awesome food fight, not such a great look. Gets completely knocked out by <laughs> by a cafeteria tray to the face. He goes down like a ton of bricks. Yeah, he's got. It's yeah. not hand. a great look. It, but, well, on the other one is a skunk or skank or skook skink or whatever they call that thing in the. <laughs> there is a name for it in episode two, but it's a thing. Um, so he gets knocked out, and then boom, that's the that's the cut to Echo waking up in the um. I guess that's the what, like the infirmary, yeah. whatever that mm-hmm. you would call that in in Camino, whatever their little hospital bed is, and he's freaking out. And I think this is like this makes sense. He was t- attached all those tubes, and they did all those experiments and things on him in in Skako. And their um, Omega talks him PT- down and calms him down, and that reminded PTSD me, moment. Oh yeah, for sure. Which I, that's understandable because that. Whatever they did to him on Skako Minor, which was not like 
explicitly explained was mm-hmm. pretty horrifying. Um, but the uh, rest of the crew comes to get him. He's he's calmed down or whatever, and then they go to. Uh, they got called to Tarkin, and they feel like they're going to get reprimanded for this little uh, food fight scuffle they had. And Omega, of course, wants to go with them again. Um, and and Hunter is still doing the, uh, I'm not going to be friends with you. I'm not going to be your space dad. You have to go be a whatever lab scrubber, whatever they called her. Um and they go to medical assistant medical assistant (laughs) sorry i wasn't trying to downplay her her role um but turns out they're not going to get reprimanded like they thought they're going to get tested in the training facility with a battle simulation per grand admiral thicky thighs which he was he was watching the food fight he saw the food fight. He's always watching. And he, he recognized they're, they're the best of the best. And if you're really going to test your product, start with the best and see how they do. They're both always watching and they're wanna, both thick. What's that? They're both always watching and they're both thick. What's the, <laughs> what's the evil version of, um, of Santa Claus? Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a oh, good joke. Uh, you mean Krampus? That's a good. I do mean Krampus, but that's a, Tim Allen was a way better joke. That's good. I like it. Um, but I did mean Krampus. I was thinking of the thing that Dwight did in the office. That's what I thought you were talking about. The robot on oh, Futurama oh. that plays oh. Santa Claus <laughs> <laughs> that shoots rockets at people. Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's an actual robot devil on Futurama, but we're spinning wildly mm-hmm. out of control on an hour long. <laughs> Bad batch Santa references in May, it, people. <laughs> I almost called it uh, Clone Wars. Um, but the so the Bad Batch get lifted up into the Citadel, and Tarkin and Lamasu are watching from that balcony up above. And I, I loved this because this is from a classic Clone Wars episode, um, mm-hmm. season three, episode one. It's called Clone Cadets. It's about Domino Squad, which is heavy, cut-up, droid bait, Fives, and Echo. Obviously, Fives and Echo are both very, very famous clones. Heavy's pretty famous, too. Super sad death. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the episode where we first meet uh, Clone 99, who's the defective clone who is the namesake for Clone Force 99, a.k.a. the Bad Batch. Um, so they're going to go into the same Citadel that we saw in this episode, um, but it's a quite different exercise. I'll say that. Um, and they run through it pretty quick the first time. Um, there's a nice little action sequence and we see them working together pretty well. Um, and it was fun, but it was really easy for them, obviously, because they're like the five of them are like a whole battalion of regular clones and Tarkin orders them to start using live rounds, mm-hmm. um, and give them a bit more of a challenge. Namaste tried to protest, like, or not Namaste, Namasu, whoever was up there. Lamasu, whoever was up there. <laughs> one of those. Yeah. One of those. Namaste, Lamasu. Yeah. It was Lamasu was up there. Um, was like, um, no, because they'll get killed. 
Um, but Tarkin's not having it. And out come the two armored battle droids, which I thought those would have like a more specific name. They just called them armored battle droids. Um, which they look like dark troopers. I thought, dark troopers. I, th- I thought so. Yeah, they early versions. Yeah. But, um, armored battle droids, it said. And uh, the training blasters that they were given to use in this exercise are doing nothing against them. And so they've got to improvise. And Tech did this crazy so wrecker like kind of takes down one of these armored droids and tech reprograms it and then he's like riding on its shoulders like a like a drunk girlfriend <laughs> at a concert and it he's like reprogrammed it to follow his commands or something so they're they're using this reprogrammed droid to fight the other droids kind kind of like mace windu was flying on the droid oh, holding the wires I'm, and using it to steer it maybe yeah, that's like oh. the kind of thing oh. i would say <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why he's sitting on the shoulders. It's like yeah, the I mean, most likely place to get shot. Might as well have worn it. I mean, he ultimately did get shot, so I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, and then Crosshair does the super cool thing where he he says "wrecker knife" and he throws it up in the air and he shoots it and it that goes, was awesome. Goes into yeah. the the droid. That was that was super cool. Didn't record do like a whoa or something like yeah oh yes, he sold it adorable. big time but he's good for that yeah. yeah 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 he'll definitely he's a good friend to have you can tell like he's definitely gonna laugh at your jokes he's gonna be happy when you have good yeah, news. he's gassing you, you up he's, all the time he's like that pick, pick you up when you're feeling down for sure um, probably or, or literally pick than you one, up he'll use you as a weight yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were on the same page <laughs> yeah. so um nala nala say explains that um that they're the the last five because Tarkin's asking about these guys. Obviously they're a pretty formidable force. He's definitely, he might be able to get um, recruits that can be serviceable um, compared to the clones, but definitely not compared to these uh, enhanced bad batch clones. Um, and that's when she first says there's only five that remain. And I'm sure we're all going to assume that it's the five bad batch. And we later find that that's not the case. What's up, Josh? Well, I was going to say, did anyone else at this point think that realized that there were only four enhanced clones in the Bad Batch and that the fifth one is Omega? I don't think I did on the first watch. Yeah, not the first one, no. 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 Because I I always count Echo. Because I always count Echo. Yeah, I, I just counted him by default too, and especially I'm like, oh, I guess they're just counting him mm-hmm. because he's got his his uh, droid penis hand and and uh, whatever earmuff things he's got on. He's got like a whole situation. So, um, so yeah, these guys they they survived even though they were try- attempted murder. Uh, tar- Thick thighs Tarkin attempted murder on the Bad Batch, and they survived, and they're furious about it, and they're back in their barracks mm-hmm. like fuming, like I can't believe. It's one thing to willingly go into battle, but when you're presented a training exercise and they try to kill you, that's totally different. And uh, Tarkin, of course, he's the worst. So he shows up when you're talking about him behind his back. And he's like, oh, yeah, that was crazy, huh? Um, Because he's just a jerk. And um, that's when he tells him about the mission that we tried to talk about like already 10 minutes ago uh, to Onderon. And he claims that there are insurgents 
when Echo asks, he says there's uh, insurgents and that they're separatist forces. Um, and they, they're headed off to do that, and that's when Omega stops Hunter in the hangar. And she goes on a little thing about, you know, Tarkin has it out to get the clones and you shouldn't trust him. And uh, she wants to go with them. And uh, she really does not uh, care to be on Camino any longer, it seems like. And mm-hmm. she, uh, I, I don't know what's up with this girl. They make a lot of hints and a lot of teases about what, encouraging us to wonder what her deal is. But she's clearly, like, very intuitive. Um whether we, I mean, unless we think she was just like in on these private conversations, um, it seems like she's just picking up on what's happening um, really well for mm-hmm. a child, you know. Well, she definitely heard that one. We saw her hear the one conversation, but I think it's a little no, bit of true. both. Um. Well, we definitely find out that Tarkin is at least a little bit full of it, which we knew because uh, the Separatist insurgents are not droids. They are um, Saw Gerrera and some refugees and some some of his fighters, um, women, children, the whole bit. And um, they decide not to follow the order. Hunter does. Crosshair again is trying to do the soldier thing and follow the order and Hunter calls him off. And, um, right at that same time, they get surrounded by some of his, some of Saw's scouts or lookouts or something. And, um, taken into the camp. They, they were on it. They were already yeah. there. And Hunter wreck it. He was like, Oh crap, yeah. we're trapped. And, um, yeah. uh, tech, I thought what, I, I wonder if this is a thing they're going to continue to do, but because tech is, he's smart, but they show it off by him having like an encyclopedic knowledge of everything. So he even references, um, Ahsoka and Rex and Anakin, uh, teaching saw and his soldiers how to fight for Onderon, which was in uh season five, episode two of the clone wars, a war on two fronts. um, and that's cool. I love the Clone Wars, so I love to see all that stuff popping up. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with references. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Saw Gerrera says that they refused to fight for the Empire, which is clearly like when the new evil fascist regime comes through, They, it's like, well, you can join us or you can die. And I, I, that's sort of the option that Tarkin gave them. And they cho- they chose to run. And, um, and Saul explains that's why Tarkin sent them, the, them being the bad batch to kill Saul and his people. Um, and, and that's when he shows them, you know, the, these, we aren't, not only are we not separatists, but we're not even soldiers. These are families, women, children, right. farmers, you know, these are just regular people. And, and he, he says, what else have you, uh, what else have they been lying about? You know, if they're going to lie to you about who you've been sent to kill, what other lies have you been told? And and that's a big part of what this whole first episode is about, um, breaking the ties between what was the Republic and is now the Empire and, and this batch of clones. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this really is, reaffirmed Hunter's doubt, too. Yeah, this is a this is like almost a final straw here. I would say they're getting. Yeah 
pretty close to like, yeah, this just isn't, this isn't going to work for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought, and this is sort of what I mentioned before, that I really liked that that Saul already, he knows. Like, the, this all just went down. Palpatine just started spreading his, his propaganda and his uh, false side of the story. <coughs> and Saul already knows, like, oh, well, the guy who needed the Jedi gone to be able to take over soul power of the galaxy like soul control of the galaxy says they were bad guys uh that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense and that's at yeah. least worth looking into even if it's true at face value it like it's questionable and um he has that great line about the clone wars may have ended but a civil war is about to begin and he already knew that like Okay, we've just traded one bad thing for a different bad thing, and this this isn't it yet. Um, and like we said, he was he was right, and um, he he uh, he tells the clones, "You can adapt or survive, uh, adapt and survive, or you can die with the past. The decision is yours." Um, when they were kind of parting ways, and 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 the clones are right there. They've got to decide: like, are we going to side with what was our I guess army that we were a part of, um, or are we going to decide to kind of follow our, our own opinion of what's right? Yeah. I, they're realizing what Maul already knew. He was just saying, Mm -hmm. I, I, the thing, one of the things I liked about this is it shows you like, so this is saw and his folks like right at the beginning of the empire. And it, I, I, I really think that, you know, saw by the time of rogue one would have just killed them oh yeah because he's been so hard yeah. by the atro- mm-hmm. atrocities of the empire um and at this point he's he's not you know he's he's ready to fight but at the same time he's not he hasn't been you know hardened and scarred by the war he's still mm-hmm. trying to like um enlighten people right like open their eyes like yeah. see what's going on you know he, yeah. you can he definitely has especially considering how little time he actually has on screen. Like he's showed up in rebels, clone wars, bad batch, um, Jedi fallen order Order and, and rogue one, Uh, but very small amount of time in each one of those. But you, you still get this great arc from him where he's, he's changed and evolved, um, through all that. And I think when you see him in rogue one, He's done trying, like like you said, he's done trying to explain to people why they're bad. At this point, he's surrounding himself with people who already agree and think like him that the Empire is, he doesn't have to convince them. They already know. And that's who he's surrounding himself with, which is why it's more of a militant group than, hey, you know, we're trying to teach you people the truth and, and what's going on versus where we see him in Rogue One. Yeah, and when we see the um, oh, what do they what do they call him? What do they call his group? The uh, they just called him Saul's Freedom Fighters or something like that. No, they have they have their own name, and now I can't think of it. It's I'm gonna right after we're done. We're, Circle back in about thirty right minutes. After we're done, it's gonna yeah yeah. I'll just look it up. Um, um, but there's a there's an arc in this the mainline Star Wars comic with them, and um. You have like it's one of those things where like Luke and Leia and the gang are like trying to work with them. Um, oh, the partisans. 
I Boom. just got there. The part and I didn't look it up. It came to my brain. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, they like they try to do something with them, and they're already kind of like saying like we don't really want to work with them because they're crazy and their tactics are different than ours. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's try to or whatever. And then it, it's one of those things where they're like, no, we're just like Luke wants to do like wants to be peaceful about something. And they're like, no, we're just gonna blow it up. You know? No. So we yeah. we do we see them like at odds with uh with the you know the mainline rebellion too. Well they they definitely get to a point he and his people uh not to get too off topic but they definitely get to a point where it's like it's okay if we do the things that the bad guys do because when we win then we'll be good about it and we won't do bad stuff anymore which is like of course <laughs> that's not really fair to play that game <laughs> that way but at right. the same time like that's sort of what war is too. Like you, you got to play to win. So like that's that's the debate he and Mon Mothma and and Bail Organa and Leia and these people were always having. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do you fight fire with fire? Or do you take the high road and do the right thing because it's the right thing? And that's a hard decision to make. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, where? Oh yeah. So these guys are leaving. Uh, they're leaving Saw. They um, find that they're being spied on by a probe droid. Tarkin and I guess loves a probe droid as much as Vader. <laughs> and they of course spot it and shoot it down. And um, they realize that Tarkin is spying on them. And Hunter remembers these comments that Omega was making to him about not trusting Tarkin and. And it's all, and, and then the conversation he had with Saw, and then the Order sixty six stuff. It, all the all the cards are falling into place, and and he's coming to like really realize what's going on. And um, that's when Tech reveals that Omega is in fact the fifth enhanced clone, because Echo is Reg, and he's not an enhanced clone. Mm-hmm. And he he gives a little throwaway line that he confirmed that by analyzing her DNA when they were in the the medical bay or whatever. And um, then finally that that was truly the last straw. So not only are things going wrong exactly the way they were kind of worried that they were, um, and not only is Camino changing and things are getting dangerous there. But this little girl who wanted to come with them is also actually like one of them. She's one of them genetically Mm -hmm. like she is part of their group. Um, And he says she's one of us. We're not going to leave her there. So they they go back to get Omega, who we cut to looking through their barracks. And that's where we find Wrecker's Tuka doll. What's the name of it? Lula. 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 Which I I've seen some shots of. I don't know if they're all fan made or if the they're already available at they're in ba- at Batu. Batu. They're gonna be at Batu. Okay, so I guess the ones I've seen are are fan made then. But um, people are already knocking those babies out. It's a nice little mm-hmm. doll, and he's attached to it. There's got to be some kind of story there. Um, why, I'm sure why he loves that thing so much. Um, obviously his mother didn't give it to him, so I don't know where did he get his hands on it. Um, but, uh, as they're, after she finds the doll, the clone troopers catch him in the barracks and they're like, yeah, what are you doing here? And immediately take her, uh, to the brig, which is a 
I think seems like an extreme response for a little girl that went in somebody else's essentially bedroom <laughs> room. But yeah, uh, there, there you are. She got taken to the brig. Um, and they wasted no time shooting that droid either. I, I do love that AZ like was like, um, no, we, we, you will not do that. And then they were like, just, you know, I like that he stood yeah, up yeah. even though it didn't mm-hmm. work. No, not at all. Not e- like he That's got, he got stunned droid. so fast, but he went for it. He's pretty gullible too, because she was like, uh, "We're on a research mission or something like that," and he's like, "Oh, I love research." <laughs> is this what you're looking for? No, is this what you're looking for? <laughs> he's like just pulling yeah, out random every, stuff. every single thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, needless to say, when they get back to find Omega and they uh, agree to split up and find her and meet back. Not only are they not going to find her because she is already in jail, but they are immediately detained by Admiral Thicky Thick Thighs and his troopers. Thick! He accuses them of treason because they didn't kill the innocent people because he mm-hmm. is the worst. And um, they get thrown in a cell. And lo and behold, who's there but... In their PJs. Yes. In their weird, like, what are those things? <laughs> they're are under, they, they're they under suits. suits. That's what like, they. Under armor. Kind, yeah. It's like, um, just like, I don't know, body suits that you wear under the armor. It's not, a, it's know. not a great look by itself. It's not a great. <laughs> yeah, better than the stormtrooper right? ones. They're just plain black. At least this had like a, a logo stripe on it. on it or something. Yeah. So that's why when, I don't remember which one of you said we should all do that, but. That was it, yeah. yeah. That's why <laughs> that was we were all, I think the rest of us said, "Can we just be Omega then?" Because we didn't want to be in that outfit. <laughs> no, we'll just all wear like PJs, body suits. I got a couple. I got to cut a few pounds before I look good in that, that outfit. <laughs> it, it was like showing off all your curves. That thing. Hmm. Uh, but I, it turns out Tarkin did their work for him because he threw him in the cell with the very person they came back to find. Convenient. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and Hunt, there's a nice little moment, and Hunter tells Omega that they came back for, her and um, asks her if she wants to go with him, and of course she does because that's like the whole thing she's been asking since we met her. That's like the only thing she wants, and mm-hmm. of course Crosshair again, being Crosshair is like going through his whole thing. He's doing the good soldiers follow order thing again. He's like, we should have just done it. We uh, should have, and and um, Omega has a little thing where she says um, she knows it's, it's not, not his fault. fault. Yeah, and and she's hinting that whole thing is hinting that you know it's out of his control. He's it's not just because he's a jerk because I think he is a bit of a jerk too. But the whole good soldiers follow orders, let's kill these innocent people thing. That's uh, that's the programming coming through. That's not just him. Um, and that's when they take Crosshair to get his brain scanned. And turned out, just like I said just now, it is his chip and it is active. It's just not as active as the standard clones. That's why when Hunter was like, no, we're not doing it, he was able to stop him. Um, mm-hmm. And then again, Tarkin, who like just when you think, well, he can't get any worse, right? He's like, uh, can we intensify the program and make him more of a jerk? And then they do it. So yeah, Tarkin is again even worse than we thought he was the worst before. Um, 
and that's it. That's like the end for Crosshair. There, he's like full on mm-hmm. evil Bizarro Crosshair now. Um, Does he have a goatee now, like like um, Spock? <laughs> I hope so. I hope he grows one out. That'd yeah. be a really nice. I kind of like. I think. Kind of like Bizarro Crosshair. And then when I, th- I mean, <laughs> I think they're gonna win him back over at some point during the series, and then he'll shave it off and he'll put his his gray armor back on instead of the black it'll be a whole like visual thing that's what i was going to ask do we think he's going to be evil crosshair or do we think he's going to go back to bad batch by i I don't know if it's going to happen like this season because it sounds like we're getting more than one season of the bad batch and if they resolve that in the first Mm. season there's no tension for future stories like where do they go from there i think it'll happen eventually i don't Mm -hmm. like if if it goes on it could be a thing that happens down the road but I think eventually yeah. they would do it. I think we'll or see. Not. Him. I, I think, mean, you never know. I mean, I feel like we might see a moment where he could take a shot, but chooses not to. And I feel like that would be like really interesting. Cause I could see him rationalizing like, Oh, it wouldn't have worked even though he's like a perfect sharpshooter, mm-hmm. you know, things like that where he has to like trick himself into rationalizing why he still cares yeah. about these people who are traitors, which that's the sweet angst that I live for. <laughs> you're, you're such an easy target, Maggie. I have a very can, easy target. <laughs> Literally star Wars and like the last couple of shows have just like so perfectly catered to my very hyper-specific needs <laughs> in television. Angst very and specific kind of weird big scary yes. men who become total softies for children <laughs> that is a um that is specific i agree right but i'm uh you know they're gonna keep delivering it seems like Good. although one of them lost his baby we're, we're gonna have to wait until like december to find out about that one but now he's just a single uh what's a what's the opposite of an orphan what's when a dad loses their baby and doesn't have their baby anymore empty empty nester (laughs) he's an empty nester is that what din jaren is he's an empty nester. don't know if that's the maybe i mean technically he did go to he went off to college to jedi school yeah (laughs) okay that works yep there you go din jaren empty nester so sad now he's now he's on the prowl for a cougar Dave did. Uh, Dave did tell Good Morning America, our good friend Dave, uh, that oh, Dave. The, that they asked him about Mandalorian uh, season three, and he said, "Let's just say that the Force will be strong with it." Hmm. Should be interesting. So, I don't I really I like was. to give these kind of answers, you I, know. Uh, I wish I was in the trust tree. Jeez, he's such a sneaky snake. He loves Whoa. he loves keeping he he like lit up keeping the secret and he he even dunked on uh, Favreau a little bit. He was like, "I don't like to share these secrets as much as my partner John." <laughs> That's Ooh. true. Well, he's made a whole like <laughs> shtick about being so secretive too for years now. Like part of it is a bit. I feel like. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um. Are we talking about Bad Batch still? No. Yeah. No, we can move. I mean, we can talk about Mandalorian. For the We've only got a little left, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're getting close to yeah. The end. Yeah, we're we're at the finale here. They're uh, they're in the cell, and um, Omega is doing that thing that people have really enjoyed on all the socials media, where she's mirroring Hunter's like movements. She's doing everything he's doing. Um, that was kind of funny to me. 
she's putting her hand on her chin when he does and leaning over and looking at stuff when he does and and tech figures out that uh you know explain 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 wrecker if you punch the wall really hard we'll be able to make a hole that we squeeze squeeze omega through and she can climb up and um let us out and they do that you know the troopers kind of realize that she is the guards they were watching them realize she's missing um but she does the classic i'm i'm crawling through the air vents thing and falls down on top of them and uh lets the guys out of the cell and they are out of there that's when they're headed to um they're headed to look for crosshair and they're headed to get on their ship and try to leave um and they decide they've got to get their gear cuz they're not going to get very far in their weird mm-hmm. um spandex PJs. pajamas <laughs> so omega directs them to to um i i think it was um in the docking bay or wherever wherever the um whatever part of the hangar their ship was in they kind of had their gear there which seems like not great if you're trying to prevent escape but um that's where it was it was considerate of whoever put it down um unless they just took it off right when they landed um and that's when we see wrecker all upset because he's looking for his uh his uh lula and he can't find Mm -hmm. it but omega finds it on the ground and and uh she uh gives it to him and i think they're probably friends forever because of that and uh that is when they're about to leave to go find crosshair but the doors open up and we see him in his all black um clone armor it was nice and yeah. uh, telling hunter to surrender because he is full on the um empire side he's got his enhanced inhibitor chip he is following all the orders he is a good soldier order 66 in full effect yeah he's on like order 67 by now probably yeah (laughs) kill the bad batch (laughs) yeah whoa keep it g-rated please um and he and hunter i don't know if anybody else felt like this but they stared at each other for approximately 17 minutes they stared at each other for so long um and then i mean when the firefight breaks out when the when the door first opened, I half expected Duel of the Fates to kick in as he's standing there with his sleek black arm, ha, 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 and like, and there's just this that giant betrayal music shootout. Yeah. yeah, betrayal music, or hey, there's about to be a giant fight right now. <laughs> Didn't get it though. No, it was uh, actually kind of not really scored that much. It was uh, pretty subtle, but it was um pretty cool look in the armor the black armor looks good on him he's exactly the mm-hmm. type that would be downing that kind of thing it's like the evil black knight um but they have their little firefight and crosshair orders one of the troopers to close the blast doors or the bay doors and we see that nala say from her lab is overriding the command so uh, basically allowing them to escape, which clearly she's got a soft spot for either uh, Omega or the clones in general. Uh, I would I would assume probably Omega. Yeah. Um, right, because she was like her little assistant, mm-hmm. specially ordered person. Um, and 
you know, Wrecker gets shot in that whole exchange. He's down. Um, so they're all trying to get out of there while tech is getting the ship going and echo and Hunter are going to cover Omega and grab Wrecker while she gets on the, on the ship. And, um, they're going, when they go for Wrecker, right as, um, hunters in crosshairs sights, uh, Omega shoots the gun right out of his hand. One shots it from the, from the ramp going into the ship. And mm-hmm. that gives them the opportunity to all saddle up and escape. And um, then it's pretty much all wrapping up from there. Uh, we get a little kind of, it was almost like a post credit scene, but it was Nala saying Lama Sue, the two Kaminoans, um, kind of getting up to date on, on where things are right now. Yes. Crosshair's augmentation was successful. Uh, clone force 99 escaped with Omega and Lama Sue thought we must, or he said, we must be cautious until the empire's intentions are made clear, uh, say nothing. And I thought that was, um, again, like Josh was saying earlier, it's really interesting to see where everybody falls during this transition period and, and how they're, kind of figuring out what's happening and and being real, keeping things close to the vest, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, it made me think that maybe the, um, you know, help for Omega to escape wasn't necessarily because she had a soft spot for her, but maybe because they, whatever their, whatever experiment that she is specifically is maybe not something that the empire knows about and they don't want them to find out or at least they don't want them to find out yet because it's a separate thing. Right. I think mm-hmm. that makes sense and I think they're definitely setting up for whatever her divergence or or like um augmentation is um to be something pretty fancy and cool. Like they they yeah. they keep hinting that it's something to be thinking about or or wondering about, so obviously you're not going to plant those seeds and then not deliver anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're back into the ship with the clones. Um, Omega returns Lula to Wrecker, who's complaining the whole time while they're getting, while they're fixing him up because he got shot. And um, we get a nice little father daughter stuff with Hunter and, and Omega, where he's asking her if it's your first time in space, and she says it's her first time anywhere, um, which is crazy to think about. She's lived her whole life on this platform on the water, water world that, yeah. where it rains every day, and she's surrounded by adults making clones, it seems like, and then maybe some clone children who are going to go learn to be soldiers. Um and now she's off gallivanting a- around space. Mm-hmm. What if we, what if we get this? Like, we fast forward to, you know, Clone or uh, Bad Batch season ten, and Omega comes back to Camino for the first time, and she's with someone, and she says, "Oh, I hate water. It's cold and it's wet and it wet. gets everywhere." <laughs> oh, I actually would love that. That's that's funny. That would actually be hilarious. Um, oh, man, now I'm going to be a little disappointed if that never happens. <laughs> Thanks. I'll write a fanfic. Um, 
Hunter does remark that she's a pretty good shot with a blaster um, and asks her where she learned how to do that. And she said, I don't know. I've never fired a blaster before. I guess I got lucky. Um, which I, I heard somebody mention one time. Yeah. I can't remember if it was one of you or if it was somebody else. What if she's a collection of all the all the other clones? She has all of their skills put together, that, um, which would be an That might have been me. I don't know. But she did, maybe she just doesn't know she has like the strength yet that yeah. Wrecker does because she's still pretty young. Um, she has a weird sixth sense kind of thing going on too. Like she's she's intuitive, that's for sure. Yeah, like how do you really know Wrecker's looking for a stuffed animal? Like she just kind of knew that's what he wanted. Yeah, I think there's definitely um, a lot more going on with her. She's mm-hmm. the most uh, interesting question mark right now. I think. Uh, and that, and yeah. that's pretty much the end of the episode. There was a little, um, what are we going to do? We got a lay low, uh, cause crosshair is looking for us. And Omega says, well, what about your friends? And that, you know, makes somebody think of something and they say plot of course for J 19 and they're off to the races for the next episode. And the, the last thing we see is, um, Hunter says, strap in kid. You're not going to want to miss the view. And then we see the the um, stars turn to streaks of light in her eyes mm-hmm. um, with the big smile on her face. It was a really great shot. To beautiful, beautiful scene. Yeah, beautiful scene. And the music was great. Um, the music through the whole episode, while very low key in that particular scene, paired nicely with you know, hey, we're going, we're about to go on a much much larger adventure. So. Yeah. Um, which was, I thought her comment about what about your friends was interesting because clearly she was in the lunchroom when all of those other clones yeah, went. Didn't have tons of friends. Yeah. You guys are not normal and clearly did not like them. So it's like, well, what do you mean friends when the other clones don't even like you? So, and that's honestly other than the Jedi who they hang out with most of the time. So um, it was a little, but again, you know, she's pretty young. She's so young, I get it. Like, yeah. Gotta have some friends yep. out there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we, do we have any crazy, does anybody have any crazy predictions on the rest of this season I don't know about you with guys. any particular character in episode two? So. <laughs> <Don't wanna spoil laughs> well, that. yes, besides episode two, but like long-term, any crazy predictions with Omega or crosshair or tech or any of the bad batch and not have like, theories or like big ideas because we're almost never right (laughs) some exceptions like josh getting cut correct for you know the episode two but i'm trying to go in as like untheorized as possible this time around not a bad way to be it's really not yeah i mean like i i I'm the same. I don't have any like specific expectations. I think there's some broad stroke stuff. Like I think at some point crosshair will come back into the fold with these guys. Maybe that's seasons down the road. Um, and I think this season we're going to see a lot of these guys trying to figure out where their place is. Now they were raised to be and have always been soldiers of the, republic and now the republic is gone and they don't believe in the empire so and they've got this kid with them so what do they do Mm -hmm. does anyone think that omega is force sensitive 
I see a lot of chatter about that online. <clears throat> I don't think I would appreciate if a clone was force sensitive. I would Although not I guess, like that. I think it kind of depends, I guess. On, I mean, because we already know Palps is into cloning. So what if he cloned himself with one of the clones because he needed maybe that DNA as well? See, I don't know. Like, maybe. This is my thing. Like, if they pull out, oh, she has power because she's a Palpatine. BS again after the Ray nonsense, which I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. I'm not going to be happy because it'll be like two cool female characters that get their power from some crusty old goblin man. I don't, I don't, <laughs> crusty old goblin man. Is, is, uh, is she wrong? Where's the lie? Uh, no, I, I, I know. think, uh, I don't see that happening. I, I, I would, happen. I'd be shocked if that was the case. I, yeah. The only way I see that, uh, the only way I see it even being linked to Palpatine is if it's somehow linked to his, uh, to a search to figure out how to make force sensitive clones for his own, for his own uses. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's why we all kind of assumed that he was after, uh, you know, Doctor Pershing with the child and everything, or with uh, Grogu. Um, Grogu. My hope that is that. If she is force sensitive, it, it's like a, um, it happened naturally. Like she's a clone that they made, and it just so happened that she was force sensitive. Luck of the draw. Like kind if of you thing. make enough like, clones, <clears throat> eventually one of them will be force right. sensitive. But I don't. It the which is possible. Like a, you know, if it's random in natural births, maybe it could happen randomly in in cloning too. But yeah, I don't know. I don't love that. True. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting choice of character name, Omega, right? Because I mean, she's Omega. The, she's the last. Go ahead, one. Kyle. Yeah, she's the last. She's the last one. one. It's yep. In the Greek alphabet, it denotes the last, the end, or the ultimate limit of a set. We know she's so, not the last clone, though, because we saw those little the little bubbles of the little baby mm-hmm. in utero clones. But she was at this point, I would say, probably clearly the last of the enhanced clones. Yeah, I think the last, right? So type, but I, I, I think it's a good. I mean, knowing that Omega is is often used to denote the end. Do we think Omega makes it through, or do we think something happens to Omega? They don't generally kill children unless you're a Jedi youngling. in this <laughs> franchise. So, um, I mean, maybe though, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Saw's sister was pretty young. I think when she, in, in clone wars, right. They weren't, they were probably what early twenties maybe. Yeah. So she was still pretty young. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard because it is, you're right, Maggie. It's very open ended. It's, it's a story. It's a place we've not, we've never gone before um, with, with, with clone wars in the bad batch. So it can go any direction as evidence with, with uh, crosshairs flipping over to the empire right off the bat. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when we thought the bad batch, you know, we thought it was going to be the five of them together, you know, through the series. And clearly we have the introduction of Omega who is new to new to the group and the, as an enhanced, and then we have the loss of crosshair over to the empire. So we've already yeah, changed that, things up, but one episode in that switch of crosshair was a nice little like subversion of what we all expected yeah. of what probably everybody expected. 
Yeah. I will yep. I will say like one final thing just to comment on that. Like I think making one of their own switch and be the bi- the big bad for the at least the first season or the first couple seasons. I like that better than them like creating some other big bad we don't know. Mm-hmm. that like mm. didn't exist in anything else like there was a that there was that rebels that rebels book where they had that like low budget uh darth vader guy like i can't remember his name count vidian or something like that and i was mm. he's like a cy- evil cyborg mm. guy and i was like why like d- no i don't like that so <laughs> so i yeah it makes more sense yeah. to, to have it be one of their own that that flips than them like they're not they're you know it's not gonna be vader it's you know it's gonna mm-hmm. it, it just it makes more sense than to create someone yeah new. yeah completely agree to me. yep i agree a great great first episode uh loved it i can't wait to see where we go from here but for right now why don't we uh blow this thing and get out of here guys <laughs> you're all clear kid now let's blow this thing and go home All right, guys. Well, that was our in-depth review of the first episode of The Clone Wars, The Bad Batch, Aftermath. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you got a lot out of it. Um, Loving this series so far. It is on point. It was everything I hoped it would be and a little bit more so so far with one episode in. So... Um, you know, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Uh, you can find us anywhere on the social media. If you're new to us, if you've been here for a while, tell your friends about us. You can find us on any one of the socials at Outer Rim Beacon on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can email us at Outer Rim Beacon at gmail.com. My name is Justin. You can find me on the Twitters at I am the Bendu. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and you can find me at Caleb Doom on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> I like the other one with the voice break. <laughs> uh, this is Kyle and I am KB underscore legend on all the social media. And if you're still li- listening right now, uh, all the episodes won't be this long. This is a longer episode of Payback. It was so 74 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And yep. this is Maggie. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. All right, guys, we will end this the way that we always do. May the force be with you. Always. Always. Good soldiers follow orders. (laughs) Justin, you wouldn't do it. Yep, yep. (laughs) All right, guys, take care. We love you.